This podcast is brought to you by ASM, a student ministry in Warner Robins, Georgia. You can follow us on Instagram at assembly underscore SM and on Facebook at ASM. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the ASM podcast. We started a new sermon series called New Year, New Me. I hope you enjoy part three. It's going to be awesome, and I hope this blesses you. Y'all doing okay tonight? Y'all all right? Y'all, I'm so excited about tonight. You have no idea. We are about to finish week three of our sermon series, New Year, New Me, and I'm super pumped. Like, for real, I was working on this sermon. You can ask Angel, right? He's been hanging out with me in my office this week, and he knows. Like, I'm super pumped for tonight. Super, super, super pumped. But before I get started, come on, can we give it up for the worship team tonight? Weren't they awesome? Y'all, if I could sing, I would, like, throw in something into my sermons. I would find a way. I would sing the scripture or something, but Caleb, I can't sing. Okay? Okay? I promise I would. But do me a favor. Get out your phone once again. Go to your notes section. And I need you to do me a favor. If, if you're in the seat, right, and you look over and you see someone scrolling on Instagram or snapping somebody, I need you to say, hey, get off of that. Can y'all help me with that? Okay? I need you to help me out tonight. And I decided to switch some things up. I'm going to preach from the ground. It's just weird sometimes being all the way up here. I want to be closer to you guys. I feel like it's more relational, so I'm going to hang out down here tonight. But we're going to go ahead and dive in to week three of New Year, New Me. We're going to finish this thing off. And before I get into it, I'm telling you, you better get ready for next month because it is going to be unreal. We are going to be starting a sermon series called Heart to Heart, and we're going to get into like all the questions you ever wondered about dating and what that should look like, okay? And we're going to get into that. Matter of fact, we're even going to bring some people in. And I'm going to introduce you to our young adults pastor. And he's going to come on and hang out with me the last week of the series. And we're going to answer the difficult questions. But here's the cool thing. Over the next few weeks, I'm even going to let you ask some of the questions that you're wondering about. And then we're going to answer it. So it's going to be awesome. You want to get your friends here. Like I'm looking around like we're about to have to add some more rows in the back. Like, that is for real crazy. Get your friends here. I promise here. We try to, like, whenever we teach the Bible, we don't, like, try to make it confusing. We try to make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? You ever heard a preacher preach, and he's like, thou shalt, and it just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make it make sense for you guys. Because if you're like me, when I first started reading my Bible, I'm like, this thing don't make no sense. Like, anyone relate with me? Like, you're reading the book of Numbers. You're like, okay, I give up. Like, I'm done, right? But... But we're going to try to make it make sense for you guys. And so I hope you hang out with us. Get your friends here. But do me a favor. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is this. We're going to dive into it. And if I start coughing, I'm sorry. Like, it happened today, I feel like. I've just been coughing like crazy. So I'm sorry. Rain has been making fun of it. Apparently, I cough weird. I don't know. But, but excuse me if I start coughing. But it is your right is the title of the message tonight. It's your right. I want you to write that down, and it's going to make sense here in a little bit, but I'm super excited about tonight, and, and it's not going to be a very long sermon. In fact, I kind of want to speak from the heart a little bit. I have some stuff written down, some stuff that you'll see on the screen, but I really want to get into this tonight. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this scripture that we're going to be hanging out with. It's going to be like the basis for where we're going tonight, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into this thing. Does that sound good? All right, let's do this. Check this out. John chapter 1, verse number 12. John chapter 1, verse number 12. If you ain't got a Bible on your phone or in person, look up at the screens. We got you, okay? Here we go. It says this, 
But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right. Somebody say right. He gave the right to become children of God. I'm going to read it one more time. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Come on, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we love You. And we thank you so much. Lord, you've made us new in this place. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Jesus, that you're going to speak to us through your word. God, we're going to learn something new that we didn't know before. And Jesus, we praise you for that. And everybody said, amen, amen. Has anyone ever been like for real, for real grounded? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like more than a month. Anybody? Okay, here's what we're going to play a little game, okay? Raise your hand, y'all. I'm about to find out who the bad kids are, okay? Raise your hand if you've been grounded for more than one month. Okay, okay. I thought Caleb was a saint. I guess not. Okay, two months. Oh my goodness. Did, did you murder someone, Caleb? Caleb's mom gave him a life sentence. Okay, three months. Okay, I'm going to pick it up. Six months. Eight months. One, two. We have one in the back. Three. You got one, four. Oh my goodness. Caleb, are you willing to tell everybody what you did? I, I crashed my car. You crashed your car? Boy, oh my goodness. There, you'd be grounded for life, I promise. If I was a parent. Okay, a year. Who is still not ungrounded from what they did? Okay, we're going to keep it at that. Y'all can put y'all's hands down. My goodness. Hey, we'll be praying. We're all going to agree. We're going to pray for them, for real, because they can't see their friends. That's why y'all come to ASM, isn't it? Y'all get to see people now. Gosh, y'all been in the dungeon. Okay. But for real, though, like, I remember growing up. Y'all listen up, listen up. I remember growing up. I didn't get grounded a lot. And this, y'all, y'all about to think I'm so lucky, but, like, my mom just wasn't a big grounder. Like, like... I know, like, y'all are probably envious of me right now, but, like, she didn't ground me a lot. But, like, I remember I would do this thing where I would get grounded. I would do something bad. It was probably something really dumb that I would do. And so I would get grounded, right? And then I had this, like, idea that I would come up with all the time. Because you notice when you get grounded, out of nowhere, the coolest events start coming up. Like, it's the moment you get grounded where you get invited to do the coolest stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you can't go. And so I would get grounded for doing something bad. And I would try to do this thing to almost kind of trick my mom to where, like, I would be extra good. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, we'd have chores around the house. And so, I mean, she wouldn't even have to ask me. She's like, Blake, you're grounded for two weeks. I'd be like, okay, let me see if I can get out of this. And so I'm talking about, I would do all my chores. I mean, like, someone would be eating, a crumb would hit the ground. I'd pick that up. I'm, I'm making sure I'm vacuuming, right? My mom's coming in. I'm in the room vacuuming. She's like, Blake, why are you vacuuming the closet? I'm like, I'm just trying to be a good son, right? And so I'll be, I'll be vacuuming. You know what I'm saying? I'll be cleaning the dishes. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but like my least favorite thing to do is clean the inside of the microwave. You know what I'm talking about? You be making stuff and stuff starts popping up. You got to get in there and scrub, right? I would do that, right? I would do all these really difficult things because here's what I was trying to do. I thought that like, if I could do enough good things that my mom might unground me. You know what I'm saying? Like, she'd be like, okay, well, I guess you can go over to their house. You know what I'm saying? And many times, my mom would give in. Whose mom does not give in? Okay, we got some folks. (laughs) Y'all be getting the belt. I know y'all do, right? Okay, so I would do 
all these good things to try to outweigh the bad thing that I did, right? I would do all kinds of things because I tried to implant it in my mom's brain. They're like, okay, he's done enough good. I'll forget about the bad, right? The good cancels out the bad. And here's what I realized many times when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to us, when it comes to Christians. Like, we have this idea of God that if at the end of the day, when we get to heaven, if we do enough good things that outweigh the bad, then we're going to make it in. Like, we have this idea of God that, like, he's like Santa Claus. Like, he's up in heaven, right? He has a checklist, right? He's checking it twice. And at the gate, he's like, okay, at the end of the day, you did more good things. Like, you gave to charity. You went to church, right? You sang the songs. Like, you gave, right? And we think that whether or not we get into heaven is determined about by the good that we do. And if we could do enough good things that outweighs the bad, we're off the hook, we're going into heaven, right? And we think of God in a way that is completely, completely incorrect. Here's what I mean by that. I want you to write this down tonight. Christianity is not a mission to become a good person. Christianity is not a mission to become a good person. I'm going to be real with you guys. I have a lot of friends, even to this day, and I did growing up, even as a Christian, I had a lot of friends who were atheists, right? A lot of friends who were atheists. And I'm, I kid you not, some of the best good people that I know are atheists. I mean, the people who would give the shirt off their back, the people who are always there for you, the people that sometimes even have better attitudes than most Christians. Like, I have atheist friends who I would go to before I would go to some of my Christian friends because they are good people. Now, here's the thing. We know that because they don't believe in God, they're not going into heaven, right? So why do we have this mindset that like, like, I have to be a good person in order for me to be a Christian. You see, the truth couldn't be any more opposite. Here's what I believe. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Jesus didn't come to make you a better person and to add good things to your life so you can be the good Christian boy or the good Christian girl. No, he came to make dead people alive. Here's what I mean by that. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by the grace you have been saved. You see, notice the scripture didn't say he came to make us good people. No, he came to bring us out of the thing that we were dead in, our sin and our transgressions. And the moment that we believe in him and become new, like our sermon series says, the moment we become new, we then become alive. You see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And here's what's so neat about that. Because you want to know how you become new. You want to know how you become alive. It's not about being a good person and trying to do better. But the scripture actually tells us how you become new. Right? Let's read it again. It says this. The original scripture, John 1.12 says, but to, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to emphasize something real quick to you. Notice, he said those 
who receive him and believe in him. I want you to write this down tonight if you're taking notes. Christianity is not a goal to achieve, but a person to receive. Christianity is not a goal to achieve, but a person to receive. And this is kind of, the reason why I'm sharing this is because this is kind of going to be the platform in which we take off on tonight. It's going to kind of be the basis of where we're going because over the past few weeks, if you've been hanging out with us, we talked about the first week, we talked about how that if we're a new person, right, if we're alive in Christ, that means we don't live like we used to, right? Like the old is gone, the new has come. And then last week, we talked about how it doesn't matter what mistakes we made in the past, we are not identified by what we did. And so tonight, I want to talk about what rights we have as new creations. What rights we have whenever we are Christians, whenever we're alive in Christ. And so I want to highlight something to you one more time. The Bible says this in that same verse. After it says you have to receive him and you have to believe in him, it says this. For those who do that, he gave the right to become children of God. Somebody say the right. He gave the right to become children of God. You see, there are benefits to being God's child. I kind of I kind of like to think about it like this. Like I've always thought about this like when I watch TV and whatnot. Like I wonder what would it be like to be like the son or daughter of a famous person? Wouldn't that be crazy? Like imagine if you're like LeBron James's son, right? Like, think about this. At, at 15 years old, you're going to do your permit test in a Lamborghini. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine being able to go eat whatever you want, do whatever. You, I'm going to pick up the Supreme backpack for my school. Like, you could do whatever you wanted. Like, for real, you could do absolutely anything. Like, imagine being, like, maybe the president's son or daughter. Like, that would be absolutely insane. Like, you would have access. You would be able to do anything that you wanted. Like, I remember, I don't know if you know who this person is. Has anyone ever heard of the rapper Yo Gotti? Anyone ever heard of that person? We have a few hands. So Yo Gotti, he's not really big anymore. He's, he was big from probably like 2012 to 2015, right? Like, he had a few good songs. And I remember the high school I went to in Memphis, Tennessee, Yo Gotti's daughter went to my school, right? And Yo Gotti, if you know who that is, he was filthy rich, right? But he had this thing to where, like, he would only drive white vehicles, so he would have, like, in his driveway, he would have a white Lamborghini, a white Royals Royce, a white Ashton Martin, right, a white Ferrari. And that was, like, his thing. I mean, he was filthy rich, but he loved the color white. And so his daughter would pull up to the school. She was, like, three years younger than me. And she, I'm talking about, she would have, like, a decked-out white Range Rover, some nice rims. I mean, it was, for real, the freshest thing ever. Like, she would pull up, and I would always think, like, like, you are so lucky, like, like, she could probably do anything that she wants. And, like, we had another girl whose father was Lorenzo White, who, right, sorry, Lorenzo Wright, who played in the NBA for the Memphis Grizzlies. And she was, like, six foot five, right? She was on the basketball team. And she would be driving the same thing. I'm talking about the freshest cars. She would have the brand-new Jordans that would just be released. She would get, like, a month early. I'm like, what would it be like to have a father or a mother who is famous and has all these things like they do? And so now when I, I read this scripture, right, and I read this scripture about how he gave us the right to become children of God, I begin to think about what it's like to actually be God's child. 
Like, think about that for a minute. Like, think about how cool it would be to be the son or daughter of someone who's like filthy rich, an NBA player, you know, a movie star, a singer. And then think about what it would be like to be God's child. Like, think about it. God's the one who formed them in their mother's womb. God's the one who created everything that you see. Like, what would it be like? Like, what benefits do we have? What rights do we have as God's children? Because that's what the Bible says that we are. And so tonight, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to preach very long, but I kind of want to share what I believe is a right that we have in being God's children. Can I do that for a second? I want you to write this down. Here's what I believe the number one benefit and right we have is God's children. I want you to write this down. Number one, you are royalty. You are royalty. You know, I even think, like, we just got done talking about how, like, I think about what it would be like to be the son or daughter of a famous person. But, like, when I think about royalty, right, I automatically think of, like, a king. You know what I'm saying? And I think about a king... And I think about what it would be like to be the son or daughter of somebody who is in royalty, like a king or a queen, right? Like, imagine being like Prince so-and-so. Like, imagine being Prince Braylon. That sounds kind of fresh, don't it? Prince Braylon. You need to start going by that, for real. So, imagine being the prince or a princess. Like, Aaron, could you be? imagine being a princess? Like, that'd be kind of dope, wouldn't it? That'd be kind of cool, for real. Like, I think about this, and like, imagine, like, you live over in the UK, right? That's where most king, like kings live, right? right? They still do that over there, over in Europe. Like, imagine being the son or daughter of one of those, and like, you have access to the entire kingdom. Like, you want something to eat? Prince Braylon would be like, hey, I want some Chick-fil-A. Bring it here. You know what I'm saying? Do they have that in the UK, Chick-fil-A? Surely. I don't know. They're kind of weird over there. Just kidding. So like, so like, imagine being able to have like access to whatever you want, like all the land, all the money, all the friends, like anything you wanted to do, you have complete access to. And so when I think about that, and I think about the, the idea that we're royalty, like we're God's children, the reason why I use the word royalty is because the Bible makes it clear in 1 Timothy 6, 5, it, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, you're not going to have that scripture, I don't believe. But the scripture says this, Jesus is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now think about this. The Bible says that we're his children. In other words, we are the children of a king. We are royalty. Now I want to read the scripture again. But to all who did receive him, Jesus, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God. Somebody say the right. (laughs) So I love to study the Bible. I absolutely love to study the Bible. So whenever I study the Bible, the first thing I do is that I go to the original translation. Like anytime I read a scripture and I'm like kind of confused or something, I'm like, you know, there's got to be more to this scripture. I always go to the original text. So if you don't know this, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Koine Greek. And so I'm reading this verse, right? I'm reading it and I'm looking at these words and I begin to think like, what does he mean by we have the right to become children of God? And so I do a little bit of research and of course this is in the New Testament, right? Because we're in the book of John and so this is written in Koine Greek. And so I go to the original text and I look at the word right here in this passage in the correct context and it comes out to translate to the word exosia. Somebody say, exosia. 
right? It's kind of fun to say, right? Exosia is actually the word that is being used here in the original context. Now, of course, years later, they translate it from Koine Greek to English so that we can understand it. But the original language uses this word for the word right, and it's actually exosia. And so I did this research, and I found out there are multiple definitions for the word exosia. And so I want to read these to you real quick. Check out what the actual definition of the word right or exosia is. Here's the meaning. It means power, liberty, permission, strength, authority, influence, privilege, and a crown. One more time. Here's what exosia means. Power, liberty, permission, strength, authority, influence, privilege, and a crown. That's what the word exosia means. So now I've got a question for you. Who in here believes in Jesus? Not a trick question. Who in here believes in Jesus? If you don't, feel free to not raise your hand. We ain't judging you in here, right? So those who believe in Jesus, right? We have a lot in here. Who in here has received Jesus, right, as Lord and Savior? Like you believe in him and you've received him, right? Okay, we have hands all over the room, right? So think about this. The scripture says that if you receive him, and you believe in him, you are given the right, the exosia, to become children of God. So that means we need to replace the word right for the actual definition. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the scripture again, but I'm going to put the actual meaning in the place for the word right. So here's what it actually means, that scripture. Like you've already raised your hands. Many of you believe in Jesus and have received him. So now watch this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, now watch this, he gave power, liberty, permission, strength, authority, influence, privilege, and a crown. You see, whenever you receive Jesus and whenever you become a child, God puts a whole bunch of authority inside of you. Whenever you receive Jesus, there's things that take place in your heart that enter inside of you that you have no, no idea about. You see, whenever you receive Jesus, you receive power to see miracles. You have liberty from sin. You have permission to know God. You have strength to make it in the hard times of life. You have authority and influence to change your schools and your family. You are privileged with the peace of God. And now watch this. And you will receive a crown when you get to heaven. You see, you're a child of God. Many times we think of ourselves in a manner that is less than what God thinks of us. Like so many Christians, like like I talked about last week, they beat themselves up about something they've done. They beat themselves up about who they messed up with. They beat themselves up about past mistakes when really the whole time the Bible says, hey, if you've received me, you're powerful. You're privileged. You have access. You have a crown. You see, we can't afford to think of ourselves in a way that God doesn't think of us. God has put so much inside of you. You're not inferior. You're not weak. You're not dumb. God says that He's given you authority and power. You see, it's your right. You're a child of God. And here's what I love about this. Your earthly situation doesn't matter. 
Like people may have called you weak. People have, may have said you weren't smart enough. People have always said you're going to be just like your parents. You're going to be just like them. You're not pretty enough. You're not good enough. But God says, I've given you power. I've given you authority. I've given you access. I've given you permission. I've given you peace. You see, it's one thing to let go of our past. It's one thing to not do the things we once did. All those are obviously scriptural. That's what we've been talking about. But it's another thing to actually see yourself the way God sees you. Like we think of ourselves as people who don't matter. We, sometimes we think of ourselves as like, people many times ask this question, like what is my role in the world? Like why am I on this earth? Why do I exist? It's because you're a child of God. And if only you knew the authority and the power that you had. I'm telling you, because you're a child of God, watch this, everything in your family can change because you're a child of God. The moment you're in the household and you're a child of God, I'm telling you, the family member who doesn't know Jesus, next thing you know, they can get to know Jesus because of the authority and power that's inside of you. If only you knew the fact that because you're a child of God, your whole entire school could change because of the God that's inside of you. I'm telling you, we wouldn't have enough seats to fill up this place. If only you knew that miracles can break out because of the authority that you have, that when you pray for sick people, they can recover. I'm telling you, God's put things and deposited things inside of you that you have no idea about. You see, it's your right. Look to your neighbor and say, it's your right. Worship team, would you go ahead and come up to the stage? You see, tonight, I told you I wasn't going to speak for very long. It's only 8 o'clock. But I, I just couldn't help but share something that I believe that was on my heart because so many people identify in, in a way that is not who they actually are because when God calls you a child, guess what? You're a child. And there's greatness inside of every single one of you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everyone in this place, would you just stand to your feet for me? You know, I, everyone listen up for just a second. You know, I, I read this scripture and I, I, I find out what it means to be a child of God. But here's the thing. We have rights as children of God, but we also have a responsibility. God's put things inside of you. He's done great things inside of you. God wants to use you. There's greatness in everybody in this place. But get this, when God gives you rights, He also gives you a responsibility. I want you to hear this scripture real quick in 1 Peter 2.9. Watch this, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I want you to see the contrast there for just a moment. He tells you who you are. He tells you your rights. He says, hey, you're chosen. He says, you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are my special possession. And then He flips it and He says, so that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You want to know what your rights are? Your rights 
or that you're a child of God and everything that comes with that is yours, but you wanna know what your responsibility is? Your responsibility is to worship. He says after everything that he's done, after the fact that he loves you so much, that he's a father to you, even for those in this room who don't even have an earthly father. He says, I'm a father to you and all I ask in return is some more affection. You see, it's your responsibility to declare His praises. It's our responsibility to worship. Like, this thing that we do on Wednesday nights, it is not karaoke. Trust me, if I didn't have to sing, I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why the Bible says make a joyful noise, not a good one. You know what I'm saying? The reason why we sing in this place, trust me, I hate singing, but I'm telling you, when I begin to think about the fact that there's a God in heaven that loves me, I can't help but sing. I can't help but worship Him. We're not just singing songs, we're worshiping. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to move this pulpit forward a little bit, if I'm strong enough to do it. And the way that we're going to end tonight, we have some time, is that we're going to worship. Now let me go ahead and warn you. The whole reason why we're here tonight and the whole reason why God's done everything that He's done is so that we could just honor Him and bring Him praise. So tonight, here's what I'm going to ask. I want everyone to make their way out of their seats and come forward. You see, it's one thing just to sing the songs, but it's another thing whenever you actually understand why you're singing. Like, you're not just singing, remember, to do the good thing, right? We already just found out. It's not about being a good person, right? It's about receiving Jesus. And if you've received Jesus, now it's our time and our responsibility to worship. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Everyone in this place, if you're thankful that you're chosen, if you're thankful that he's put things inside of you, the rights that you have, I want everyone in this place just to lift their hands for just a second. Would everyone in this place just close their eyes for a second? You know, I, I was sitting here and I was worshiping, and I was praying, and I just, I feel like there's just maybe one or even more who are in this room and like you're just going through a hard time. Like it seems like it's just one thing after another, like things just can't go right, stuff just, just keeps going wrong and you're like, what is going on? Like, why is all this stuff happening? And I believe that tonight, Jesus wants to give you peace for those things. And he wants to give you assurance that he's with you. Come on, if you're in that place, and remember, all eyes are closed, so no one's looking at you. If that is you, would you simply just raise your hand? Like, maybe it's just family stuff. Like, maybe it's just stuff at school. Maybe even a relationship. Like, like stuff's just going wrong. Come on, if you're raising your hand, I'm going to ask you to raise your other hand as high as you can. Both hands in the air. Tonight, God wants to know, wants you to know that He's with you and that He hadn't forgotten about you and that even though it's hard, His eyes are on you and He's going to help you get through this. So Jesus, I ask right now for every single hand that is raised, every single arms that are lifted high, Jesus, I pray that you would give them peace. Father, I pray that you would help them in their time of need. And Father, I ask that you would move on their behalf. God, that you, they would 
They would hear your voice like never before through the hard times. And Jesus, that they would know that you never left them, that you never forgotten about them. But Jesus, you're bringing them through this to prepare them for something extraordinary. You see, only ordinary people go through ordinary troubles. But if you're under attack and things keep going wrong, guess what? He's preparing you for something extraordinary. There's something special on your life. Come on, if you believe that for a few more seconds. You know, we only have a few more minutes. But I really believe that God still wants to do a few more. And we're not going to prolong this. But just for a few more seconds, I believe that God wants to sweep across this place. And I believe there's going to be many people in the room that are going to encounter the presence of God for the very first time. Father, tonight, Lord, everything that we've done tonight was just to say that, Lord, we know who you are. And Lord, we know that what you've done for us, Lord, it can't be matched. Jesus, we're so thankful that you call us children. We're so thankful for the rights that you've given us. And Lord, we refuse to hold on to the things of our past. Lord, we refuse to think of ourselves in any way that you don't think of us. Jesus, we love you so much. Come on, if you believe that, if you believe that you're a child, can we lift up a shout of praise to Jesus? Wow, what an amazing word by Pastor Blake. I hope you guys enjoyed this sermon this week. And if you are in the middle Georgia area, we'd love for you to join us at ASM on Wednesdays at 7 at the Assembly at Warner Robins. Thanks guys for listening. Peace.